three, two, one. Opening day 2023 is almost here. Baseball is back, everybody. Spring is in the air, and it's time to set some lineups for MLB. We've got some changes coming to the podcast this year. Uh, so Trippin, our, our our normal co-host, is, is not going to be here tonight, but he will be here throughout the rest of the season. And we are going to call up from the from the minor leagues over from the basketball podcast. We're bringing them up to the majors. It's our good friend Alec Marovitz, who's going to take over as our as our new baseball co-host. And I will be moving behind the scenes of the baseball podcast. But we're going to be here for today just to get you guys through while tripping is out. So, Alec, how are we doing? I mean, I have to say, last time I was on, I uh, I claimed the uh, the two Emmys from Trippin. So um, now that I am back on and Trippin is not, I am reclaiming what is rightfully mine and the two Emmys that I had absolutely nothing to do with. Um, but as the the co-host filling in for Trippin today, I am now once again a two-time Emmy winner. So I I am. But that's not true. Today I'm the Emmy winner because I'm the one filling in for Trippin today. You're it, in your it hasn't spot. been officially announced just yet, so I I think in the we'll uh, split it. How about that? We'll we'll split it one we'll and one. Take I'll one take one, me. you take the other. I think that's that's only fair. Yeah. Um. But now I'm I'm excited. Baseball opening day is I guess it's tomorrow. I can't really quite say it's here just yet, but um, it is it is right around the corner. It has been a very long off season as a as yes. a baseball fan, as a so yes. rare fan. There's been a yes. lot of changes. Um, a lot of transactions being made. Um, I just decided to put more in today so I could go after some new baseball cards. So have to. Um, I'm I'm excited. Where baseball season's here. Yeah, it's gonna be great to get into it. I set all of my lineups here this week, and just looking through like pitching rotations again, and looking through all these guys that are you know four games, three games, all this stuff that you don't do in soccer. I'm excited. I'm excited to have it back. Uh, I'm excited to uh, to get this thing uh, to get this thing rolling. My gallery has not really changed too much, uh, minus like one big deal that I made uh, this week. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of like it's almost like a pick up where you left off type of thing. I didn't really make too many moves over the off season. Uh, so now we're gonna we're gonna be in the trenches looking at how guys are doing and and starting to make some moves. How what about you? Did your did your roster change much this off season? Did you make many moves? So I, I think not including the one that I made today, I think I maybe made three new additions and all of those were before the start of the new year. So um, that yeah. was kind of right when the season ended. I was looking just to kind of to pick up some deals, fill in some holes for the uh, the gallery while prices were very cheap um, and then just kind of sent some offers and flyers out there. But uh, but nothing was really hitting. Everyone was kind of saying, hey, there's no there's no supply right now. So if my card is typically worth let's say $10, I'm going to list it for 50 and I'm not taking anything less because there's just nothing else out there. So um, it was yeah. very difficult to to bring in new cards, but uh, you know, now that we're getting auctions again and, and the shiny new things come out, people are kind of discounting their ones from last year. So um, as a very big Cubs fan, I went out and picked up a rare Cody Bellinger, which I'm very excited Ooh. about. Um, unfortunately, Gavin Lux is out for the year. So that was a major loss for the squad. Um, so kind of had to, to find someone to fill in that uh, that outfield spot. So um, looked no further than his former teammate and former Dodger, but uh, but now Chicago Cub Cody Bellinger. So 
very excited about that. But, uh, but other than that, really haven't made any, any big changes, kind of just working with what I have, um, for the moment from last year, still feel good about the gallery. So, you know, kind of trust your gut and, you know, I, I had some success last year. So kind of just looking to build off that for a little bit and, uh, you know, kind of see how things go. Yeah. I don't think there was really any reason to change, right? Like we didn't have, like we had two collections, which were, um, unimpactful, I guess is the right word. Um, if you had those cards, great. You got some free stuff. If you didn't have those cards, it was ridiculously expensive to go and buy those cards. Just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, for to you know to go and pick up all of those cards um and then obviously the other major incentive to stay engaged over the off season is common swaps and then we get to the new year and haha just kidding no more commons you don't get to keep those cards even the ones that you traded for all off season um like yeah i can understand you know if you if you want to say you can't use them and we're going to go to a draft mode to make it fair for everybody fine whatever like i don't like it but it, it is what it is but then you go ahead and take them completely out of the gallery. So now you can't even look at them and you can't even reminisce over what might've been. Uh, that was uh, that was not a fun thing to wake up to for me. I really don't like how they've done the commons so far this year. The draft mode is ridiculous. Uh, it's ridiculous. Like the prices are ridiculous on guys. There's like all-star type guys that are very, very cheap that you can go and pick up and then you can just splurge on the big names um afterwards so i kind of feel like everybody's gonna have the same you know two three pitchers and it's just gonna end up being which big name guy pops off each week so i don't even think it's gonna be super you know interesting or you know there's not a whole lot of strategy that goes into it like if you don't have one of those three uh starting pitchers that's that's super super cheap i, I mean how do you compete like you're you're not really gonna be able to you're gonna have to wait for a week where those three guys all just kind of lay eggs, which I mean, is, is going to happen. It's baseball, but like, it just doesn't seem like it's uh doesn't seem super fair. It doesn't seem like it was, there was a lot of thought put into how do we handle the, uh, the DNP guys. So um, I'm, I'm a big common guy. That means a lot to me. Do you have, uh, do you have strong opinions on the, on the common stuff? Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I think to say that we're introducing card swaps um, after the season is already over and then go through that with the all off season and say, Hey, you're still getting the additional percentage boost. We're going to keep it. And then surprise work, scrapping all commons just, just did not make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and they, tr they tried to pitch it as a, we're trying to make it more fair for people that are onboarding and new users. But at the same time, you have competitions that are specifically for new users. And the whole point of those new competitions is you win better rewards early on. It kind of catches you up to speed. So I don't really understand why there's now new competitions where everyone is starting at the same point. But if this is the first week I'm on Sower, I'm now getting more and better commons earlier on than someone like us who started from day one. Um, and especially when you throw in the, the swaps thing, there was the whole strategy to it. There was a, you know, hey, I know that there's this guy that I don't think is going to be as good next year. I'm going to try and swap him out or... In my case, I just I spent all offseason trying to get a Spencer Strider because he still yeah, had that reliever, that reliever um, eligibility. And I finally got it. And then, of course, one week later, they're like, hey, we're scrapping it. And I'm like, that this is all you nothing. kidding so, me. Yeah. yeah, like it's it that's a that's a little bit of a personal problem. But at the same time, like there were some other card swaps that I was doing that I'm like, wow, this feels great. Like I was mainly just going on. If there's a guy I know I'm never going to play, I'm going to swap him and at least just try and get some guys that play for the Cubs or that play for the White Sox yeah. or one of your favorite teams. Like it's you just try and thing. have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it becomes a collecting thing. And I think just to fully get rid of it 
um, is just, it's very frustrating. And now, especially when I'm trying to set uh, my training lineups, I'm only able to use, you know, the, the limiteds and the few rares that I have, because what was great about having all those commons is I could fill as many training lineups as I wanted for all of my paid cards. Right. And even if they weren't really doing anything, Hey, at least they're in a training lineup to get me something. So Right. Um, it's that kind of really, that bothered me a little bit, but, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to, you know, stop me from playing. I, I still built my, uh, my common lineup and we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. And you, you hit the nail on the head there. Even if you're going to take it away and say, okay, we're going to do a draft mode and everybody's going to be an equal playing field. Like, I don't think that's the right move just because I, I think you should be rewarding the people that have been here and that have been playing. Um, but I can understand it. Like there's, there's an argument to be made for that, but then you go and completely take them all the way out of the gallery. And now you can't set enough training lineups unless you go like pick up, you know, a random shortstop that's never going to play for like a dollar. Like that's the only way you can now set enough training lineups to get all of your cards into training lineups. Like it just, it makes zero sense. Um, and like with the draft modes in, in soccer, you don't win more common cards. So like, are we, uh, I mean, in the, in this mode, you are winning common cards. Are we, uh, w- what are these? Like, are you just getting more draft spots? Or are you like, are you, uh, how does this work? Like, are we just starting with 10 common cards and then each week you win one and now you have like 11 and 12 and 13 and eventually you'll get back up to where you can actually set training lineups. Like what was the point of, take getting rid of all the the year one commons if we're now just going to let people have unlimited year one commons again because three months from now we're going to be in the same position where if someone starts brand new they're now no longer playing on an equal playing field like you're going to run into the exact same problem so this just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me at all i don't i don't get it i'm upset about it i actually did consider selling a few baseball cards just because i was that upset i didn't end up doing it but um yeah i common is something that i really really enjoy playing and i really like the free to play modes because theoretically everybody is on that level playing field um and it just it it kind of kind of ruined uh ruined my i don't know lead up into the season it killed my excitement killed the buzz so i don't know i think that's and Jorge and I talk about it all the time on the basketball is what makes the common side so fun is you're playing with cards that, you know, you'd never get to play with. Like I'll never right. be able to get to play with a Shohei Otani in limited at any scarcity. Um, but if I have his common, I can throw him in a lineup and that's fun for me to do. So that taking that out kind of takes away part of the scouting aspect and also just, just part of the fun. But I mean, one thing that just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense with scrapping the year one comments is now you don't have them in your gallery at all. So you don't really have anything to truthfully show that you were here in year one because yeah. anyone can buy year one limiteds, rares, yeah. super rares, all that. And also, I, I don't know if they're going to keep this all season or if this is just kind of early on, but every single person that enters a common lineup automatically wins a common card. Right. So what's kind of the point of scrapping everything, but then you're also guaranteeing right. everyone else adds it? Because I know on, on the football side, the only cards that you get are the ones that you draft. Like you, they Correct. don't add more commons now. So it's, I, I don't really understand the process of we're scrapping everything, but now you're just going to start over because yeah, like you said, mid season. Now, if someone joins in in July, other than the few little competitions that they have for new users, they're screwed. Like they're going to yeah. get to October and they're going to have no one compared to someone that's been they're playing have 10 versus my 
right versus someone that's been playing since opening day so it's the the thought process doesn't fully make sense i get what they were going for but if you're gonna create the competition specifically for new users i don't understand penalizing the people that had been playing previously yeah really dumb really doesn't make sense not not logical not thought out um which i mean it happens right so makes bad decisions we know this they eventually tend to get it right so I assume we'll see some sort of changes where either, you know, you don't get extra prizes in the common competition for common all-stars. Uh, and it's just those 10 cards that you have and you can flip them in and out just like in soccer. It, that might be the case. Um, I, I think that's the only real logical way to, to go about this, but eventually they normally get close to, uh, to what we're asking for. One thing that they did do that we uh, have been asking for for a while, uh, they introduced a few new leagues. We now have limited American, limited national, rare American, and rare national. Um, and it's fun to kind of see more, more leagues, more prizes, uh, to be able to also kind of split up the cards, right? You don't just have, you know, if you have a rare trout, it's always going in the super rare all-star because that's the highest level you can play a rare. Now, you got you got some decisions to make, right? Do I play in Super Rare Ulster? Do I play in Rare Pro? Do I play in Rare American League? Um, so there's there's a few different ways that you can go about now, uh, kind of strategizing where you're going to put your good cards. But obviously, more competitions is just fun, right? Because it's more fun that way. Yeah, I mean it's it's great to see to be able to log on to either the website or just the mobile app. Which, by the way, adding baseball to the mobile app is yes. phenomenal. I, I think it's been great True. so far. Um, I'm glad that they added it. It's, it's worked very smooth. Haven't found any bugs just yet. Um, hopefully there aren't any, but just kind of just from using it recently the past couple of weeks, um, it's it's been great so far. But yeah, I mean just being able to not only see those competitions, but now like being able to see the the little green joined next to it, it just it feels good from, you know, especially given that I really only play limited. I have one rare lineup, but that's kind of more of just a depending on who's playing and who's pitching and all that. Um, I mainly just kind of focus on limited. So being able to see all those new competitions, which is now all new potential cards I can win. And it's not just throwing guys in training every week. Like you can actually play cards now. It's it's fun. It kind of feels, um, obviously I'm not big on the on the football side of things, but from hearing people talk about on the football side, how there's all the different competitions and you have so many different lineups, you know, slowly getting there in baseball and basketball. And, and now, especially on baseball, since it's brand new, um, it's just, it's very exciting to be able to to see all that. And I, I love that they have some progression as well. Like they've always had progression, but obviously with more lineups, you can do more things, right? You've talked about, you have a rare, one rare team, um, but you have, a, you have pretty decent limiteds as well. So you can throw a team into limited pro. You can throw a team into rare all-star and have two different chances to win rare cards throughout the course of the season. Yeah. You rack up a few rewards in rare. And all of a sudden you're playing rare American league. You're playing rare national league. Like you're playing two rare lineups instead of just one. So the the opportunity to kind of progress through, I think, is is really good in baseball. I do like the ladder that they've kind of set up. There's some nice chances to use limited cards to win rares. There's also, um, you know, some nice chances to win rares to, to move up to super rare. So um, I think the that that is definitely one positive thing. And having more lineups just means that you can have a bigger gallery and not feel like it's just going to waste, right? Like I had last year, I, I had all of the Braves in, in limited, um, and the Braves are obviously a pretty good team. So typically you want to play the Braves. Um, so I would I would pretty much always have one lineup that was just Braves. And when you only have, you know, two limiteds and one one rare lineup where you can throw limited cards, 
there's not much incentive for me to go buy more limited cards. Now there's five different places I can throw limited cards. Uh, it makes more sense for me to have, you know, more limited cards and rares and super rares and the whole way up. So I think it's, uh, I think it's great to see more competitions. Hopefully we see some variety as well, you know, have, have some different modes. I know they've talked about, you know, workshopping some things uh, at some point. So um, hopefully we'll get to see some of the kind of fruits of those, of those, uh, of those labors kind of working out. So um, definitely be interesting to see how things, things kind of roll along here. Um, let's talk a little bit about actual, actual baseball, right? Cause we're starting back up opening days tomorrow. Uh, first off, let's start with the big rule changes in opening in, in baseball. We we've kind of talked about it a little bit last year, but I think it, we should go a little bit more in depth. Um, obviously the pickoff changes are, are huge, right? We expect to see a lot more stolen bases, um, so rear has changed the scoring matrix to kind of reflect that a little bit. So you obviously get a little bit less uh, for stolen bases and you do get uh, subtracted points for caught stealing now. Um, so talk to me about what these changes are going to mean and what they uh, who it benefits, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest benefit is fans for just um, I, I fans as a whole, but I think especially casual fans, um, even as a, as a diehard baseball game myself, I will, or baseball fan, excuse me. Um, I will gladly put my hand up and say games are just simply too long. Um, going out for a a three and a half hour game just is not enjoyable. I, I find that half the time I'm on my phone, missing some pitches or hits or here things here and there. Um, you know, you go up and get a hot dog, you come back and there's only been two batters. And even though you've been gone <laughs> for 20 minutes, like it just, that's yeah. just kind of how it works. So, yeah. um, speeding up the game. So is, I think very great for fans. Um, I, I think they were a little too strict on kind of how they enforce it with the pitch clock and when you have to be ready. And, um, there's certain situations that you, you really want these guys to take their time. Um, you know, you watch yeah. the world baseball classic and that final at bat with Otani and drought, every single pitch was a violation by multiple seconds. <laughs> like none of them were close, yes. but at the same and they time, should have you're been. watching, right. And yeah. they should have been, but when you're watching it in that moment, you don't care. Like you're sitting there like trout's walking up knowing, okay, this is not only my teammate, but this is what I think he's going to throw. This is when he's going to throw it. And when you're in just a regular game with the pitch clock, that's all sped up now. But at, on the flip side of that, you know, it, it does limit the guys that just aimlessly wander around. They adjust their batting gloves three times like the, you know, if, no more if you're looking Parra. for a good example of that, just Google no more Garcia Parra's batting routine, because after God. every pitch, this man would do the same exact thing, no matter the outcome. And yeah. and that's the things that they're Parra. trying to get rid of. So, you know, I, I'm glad that they implemented that. I think, you know, calling a in a full count, like some of the examples in spring training, you have a full count, the game's ending on an automatic strike, like. That yeah. there's got to be some wiggle room in situations, but I mean, as right. a whole, I think that the pitch clock coming in makes the game faster. Um, bigger bases encourages guys to steal more, make it more exciting. Um, you know, you can only pick off twice, which leads into that too. So I think it's just, they're really trying to hammer home the new fan experience and grow the game, um, which is, you know, it's just that, that, that's what you have to do for baseball. Um, part of it's, it's yeah. just a dying game. People aren't really playing it as much anymore. So you got to get the fans into it to at least be able to watch it. So, um, I'd, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm on both sides of it. I know I kind of rambled on a little bit there about, about some of the rule changes, but um, I mean, the biggest thing just kind of from a, from a watching games is, you know, you're going from three and a half hours to two forty five, And even in some instances, you're at two and a half hours on the dot, which you flip that. And that's just, you go into the movies. So 
yeah. you know, it's it's it, it's it a lot more comparable to other sports. Correct. Yeah, it's more yeah. comparable for football, basketball. I mean, even uh, nothing will ever come to soccer and there. You know, it's essentially two hours. College basketball is like two hours. Yeah, college basketball yeah. is about two hours on the dot. I mean, depending on end of game situations, but you know, they're yeah. they're slowly getting there. Um, I I don't think baseball will ever get to a consistent two hours for nine innings. That's just an unreal pace, and you're just kind of taking away from the game. But you know, making the game shorter so it's at least easier to to kind of stay focused and pay attention, I think, is is huge for you know fan interaction. And you you talked about like the the times where it may not be helpful, right? The 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 mm-hmm. crucial pitches and at bats, and I wonder if they could add like a, a clutch like a clutch spot, like you know after the seventh inning you get an extra five seconds on the pitch clock, you know mm-hmm. something like that where it's not only like you don't care that the pitch clock is there because the pitches are worth more and you're paying attention. But it's like you almost want more time to elapse so that you can kind of like soak in the excitement, right? You can mm-hmm. kind of it builds it up more, honestly, when when you're when the guys are like staring each other down, like what what's gonna happen here? Like uh I think when you go too fast, you can almost miss the moment a little bit. So um, yeah, I, I think maybe looking at doing something like that where they have, you know, in the ninth inning, you get five extra seconds and seventh inning and later, what whatever the case may be. Um, so that those moments don't get lost. Cause I think that is one part of that makes baseball very special. Um, earlier I said that stolen bases points have gone down. That is not true. Stolen bases are still worth five points, but they did add caught stealing uh, to the matrix. So now you lose a point every time uh, that you are caught stealing. Uh, the other thing they added is relief appearances. So that helps, uh, helps out your relievers a little bit, throw an extra five or their way every time that they step onto the bump. Um, does this really change in your view? Does this change anything as far as relievers like the broken Spencer Strider that he's just a cheat code? I mean, does that extra, you know, if a reliever comes in twice, does that extra 10 points swing it now so that, you know, the Spencer Strider really isn't a cheat code because a lot of relievers are going to be in that in that kind of starter range as far as points? Uh, I mean, I, I think for those cheat codes, it doesn't really swing it too much. I think the biggest thing that this does is it now gives you more usable cards. Um, so yeah. it felt like at times last year during the season, the only relievers that you wanted were either those guys like Spencer Strider that were starters um, yeah. or it had to be a closer because getting a hold was kind of rare. And if you're getting a guy that's kind of earlier in the bullpen, who's going to pitch an inning, he's getting you what, three or four points. And that's kind of it. So you know, having the the fat, the flat rate of five points just for coming in, I think expands the number of cards you can play. Um, it expands the the differences between some lineups now because it felt like at times, like if you didn't have these three guys, you weren't going to do well, regardless of how anyone else did. So, you know, now you can throw in a guy that is he's going to come in, he's going to pitch an inning a week, but he's getting you five points plus however many strikeouts and hits and and all the other stuff too. So, it it somewhat levels the playing field. Um, you know, for relievers now, obviously the strategy is still going to be go after those guys that are going to be closers for good teams or um, even on bad ones where they're still going to come in and pitch because you're getting that five points, but it kind of, it limits the playing field there. But I mean, to, to compare to a, a Spencer Strider or um, I think it was a Jake Woodford for uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals, who's getting a spot start while, uh, while Adam Wainwright is out. So, you know, for those cheat cards, I don't starter. really think it. Okay. Yeah, he's a starter. He's he, he just we'll, we'll see what's in the rotation. We'll see what happens forever. Um, he's never leaving. <laughs> that I, as as someone who has his card, I would love if that's the case. Because yeah, I have now a super. Ahead of the game. Biased. 
yeah, yeah it's, it's right. Fine. No, no bias in that whatsoever. I hope no Jake bias. Woodford does very well and stays in the rotation mm-hmm. all year. Um, yep. And then we're looking at the next Spencer Strider, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think for those guys, it doesn't really level the playing field really at all because I mean, if Strider has a good start, he's putting up 40 plus points and it doesn't matter what a reliever does. You can make two appearances, have a save and strike out all six guys that you face across the two appearances you're not coming close to that. So um, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. So, all right. So I'm going to give you some numbers here, right? Spencer Strider had three starts of 40 plus last year. And this is Spencer Strider. Like he was like in the Cy Young conversation. Like he was rookie of the year conversation, Cy Young. Like he was very good. 2680 RA, 200 strikeouts, right? He had three starts of 40 plus. If you're talking about a, a closer coming in, they get, two saves in in a game week and they pitch two innings that's 36 points plus whatever strikeouts they throw up that's pretty darn close you know like anytime you get two saves you're automatically talking about high 30s type of numbers uh and like i said strider only went over 43 times he had 160 a 46 and a 40 um and then he had a 39 and 238 so like Yes, Strider is broken, but some of these relievers, like uh, some of these guys that come in, you know, 60, 70, 80 times a year where they just pitch like every other day, regardless of what happens, like the middle relief guys, some of those guys might be viable, like they might be usable. So I don't know. We I, I think we need more kind of research into that to see like how how that actually would pan out. And And there's plenty of people that um on so MLB Twitter that, that do a great job with the research stuff and, and maybe they can look into it. But like that five points per relief appearance, you get that twice talking about 10 extra points in a game week. That's that's a big deal. Yeah. Now that now that I look at it, um I, I'm I will gladly draw back my take on that. I uh I didn't realize that saves were worth 10 points. I thought it was only five. So um, that definitely five. makes it yeah. makes a huge difference holds are five so I, I think i just kind of flipped those at some point but um yeah that that definitely makes a huge difference and uh you know now having the additional five points just for you know stepping on the field you can have a terrible outing and you can still at least come away with a zero depending on how bad it is um just because you're still coming out with the uh the five points no matter what so or i shouldn't say no matter what but you're you're starting with that base of five points so um, I think that definitely does kind of, you know, bring it into more of a, a deeper look in the, you know, all the baseball's very analytics and statistics. So that's, that kind of fits right in with the, uh, with the conversation too. Like look at Emmanuel Classe at 78 relief appearances, which seems like a lot. Uh, I guess they had the playoffs too, which is, although they only played what, two playoff games. Um, yeah. He, anyway, he had 78, according to server data, had 78 relief appearances last year. So you chuck another, uh, oh boy, that's that's a lot of math. I, I was hoping <laughs> it was times 10 and it's times five, and I don't know. Um, are, that's you chuck a, another 390 300 points. 90 points, yeah. Yep. On to his total. I mean, he averaged he averaged like 10 points a game last year, 9.7. Um, you're gonna you're gonna be throwing on quite a few more points. He's he's gonna be pretty viable most weeks, I think. He had a ton of weeks where he had multiple saves. So yeah, just some some to uh, something to consider, something to think about. Uh, obviously, as we uh, go into 
opening day here week one we've got uh, we've got some new lineups that are going to be going in uh we want to prioritize more our uh our speedsters and our relief pitchers which were the two groups that we did not want to prioritize at all last year uh, so it'll be a, a lot more interesting to see how things go and speaking of of kind of prioritizing and, and getting things in order and seeing how everything's going to go for this year Let's talk some predictions. Let's talk. Uh, let's let's get your thoughts on who's going to be good this year. Who who should we be targeting? Which team should we be looking at? We'll look mostly at the teams here, I think, today. Um, but let's start with the American League East. Who we got one in the American League East? So I am kind of I can't really say against the grain because they're not too far in second. But I'm actually going to go with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays winning the East mm. over the New York Yankees. So um, everyone seems to be high on the Yankees. But when you look at the win totals, there's only, you know, about three games in between as far as the projections. So, um, again, it's not too big of a of a hot take. But um, I mean, just just looking at the the rotations, especially between the two teams, the Yankees, I think, have three of their five starters are hurt and are either missing significant time or the entire season. So yeah. that's going to be a big hole to fill. Um, the Blue Jays didn't lose anyone. They they just kind of bolstered their staff. Alec yeah. Manwa is, is still going to be good. Stunned. Um, yeah, just just great first name too. Even though he spells it with a K instead of a C. Ew, you know, I didn't think yeah, about that. All right, fade um, the Blue Jays, everyone. Very weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, just just that lineup, top to bottom. Vlad Guerrero is going to stay healthy. Tay Oscar Hernandez really had a had a solid year. Did you say Vlad um, Guerrero is going to stay healthy. You just jinxed him so badly. Uh, hopefully, he stays healthy. We'll hopefully. we'll draw that back again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, God, he's don't you know baseball and, is superstitious, man? Come on, yeah, that's that's on me. Things. Hand up, this ain't um, basketball. I, <laughs> um, it's it's been a while since I've been on the baseball show, so yeah. I, I apologize if I'm a little rusty, just uh, dusting off the cleats here and, and the glove and all that. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the Blue Jays out east, which I feel like is kind of against the grain a little bit, but also still very realistic. Dang, I was gonna be against the grain and go with the Blue Jays as well because I just. I think I think Judge has regression. He carried the Yankees last year. Mm-hmm. I think Judge has some regression. And like you said, the Blue Jays are so young. They're just only going to get better. Um, they've got so many good pieces. And I think I think the Blue Jays are actually a really, really good team to watch uh, in the AL East. And I actually think the Red Sox are going to be better too. I actually have the Red Sox as my third wildcard team. So I think the I think the AL East gets three teams into the playoffs again. Um and I, I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if the Rays made the playoffs, to be completely honest with you. Like, I could see them getting all four, although it's a few good teams out West that probably at least get one spot. But, man, those those teams are all going to beat up on each other. I just see the Blue Jays um, kind of coming out, kind of coming out and and being the dominant team here uh, with, with a little bit of Yankee regression. AL Central, probably, I'm assuming you only have one playoff team from there. Probably no one makes the uh, makes the wild card. Not a great division, but who who ends up staying up top? I, I think it's going to be the Guardians. Um, I could see the the Twins potentially doing it, but it's it's really kind of a two horse race there. Um, the White Sox losing Jose Abreu is going to be a huge loss for them, having that reliable guy at first base for the whole season. Um, Dylan Cease is still an absolute stud and can shove mm-hmm. it on on any given night, but. Um, I, I think losing a Bray is going to be a big loss for them as well. Um, but yeah, that, that divisions really hasn't been very good for, for kind of the past few no. years. It feels like the team that wins the divisions only a handful of games over 500. So um, in that sense, it could be either them, the twins or the white Sox, just because 
you just got to have one good month and congratulations it's now true. you've won the AL Central. But um, yeah, it, just, it, it kind of depends on how things go with that. Um, but I, I think the Guardians also adding Josh Bell is going to be big. Um, yeah. Obviously, they have they have Bo Naylor coming up from AAA too. Um, Jose Ramirez is still that guy. That rotation is going to be great. Um, you know, Klaus and Terry Francona. Yeah and, yeah, and Terry Francona is going to be so well it's coached. The, it's yeah. a it's a very well managed club, and you know they they had the little run last year. So um, I, I I if I I shouldn't say if I were a betting man because I am a betting man. I would be betting on the on the Guardians to to win the uh, to they win the AL Central. The Guardians, yeah, um, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. One of the best relievers in baseball as well. So you're not worried about the bullpen too much, unless you know injuries always happen. You always say how these things go, um, but I I do really like the Guardians as far as the pitching, the defense. Right, they've added bats this year. Um, I actually think they'll be a pretty good team. I, I think they'll be a good bit over 500. I'm I'm thinking like 90-ish wins, pretty close to that. Um, so I think they'll actually kind of run away with the AL Central, to be honest. Um, I, I I don't see the White Sox really staying up towards towards 500. Again, like I, I do agree, Dylan Cease, if they make the playoffs, would not want to face that dude in a wild card series. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I think it's the Guardians. I don't think it's, I don't even think it's particularly close. I think they win by 10 plus games. Um, so we'll have to see. I, I, again, I don't think anybody else comes out of that division in the wild card. Um, AL West, who we got defending champs are in the AL West. Yeah, I am. I'm actually going to go with the defending champs. So that's a, you know, not a very flashy pick, but um, it's that, that lineup state, you know, the exact same um, Jose Altuve being out with a broken hand for a while is going to hurt a little bit, but on the flip side, um, you know, adding Jose Abreu, <laughs> so taking him from the White Sox, yep. and now you're adding him into that Astros lineup is very good. Um, Jeremy Pena had a great coming out year as well. So, I mean, that that lineup, and you want to talk about a solid rotation. Um, I mean, you've got, what is he now, 42, 43-year-old Justin Verlander, who won the Cy Young last year and um, is He's actually to do it again. Uh, I'd believe it. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like that man has been pitching my entire life. Um, he has been. It's, yeah, because part of it is because he just he has been. So um, that rotation is good. That bullpen is unreal with Rafael Montero, uh, Will Presley, uh, or Ryan Presley, excuse me. Um, that that bullpen's good, and and that's Neris, what you need to make Hector deep Neris. runs. Yeah, Hector Neris. So it's they, they got a bunch of guys on that roster, um, and it's I'll, I'll save I'll save the continued prediction for when we get there. But uh, yeah, I have the I have the Astros Ooh. winning the West fairly easily. Okay. Which I is that's kind of the, that's the part that's a little bit of a yeah I mean a, I, risky I agree I think the Astros are one of the best teams in the American League I don't think they're going to run away with this thing though uh, there's a team in Seattle that has a bunch of pieces that are pretty darn good they've got some pitching they've got some bullpen they've got some bats that's pretty much all you need uh, to be really good at this game and I think the Mariners take a pretty big step forward I think they're the top wild card team. Uh, this season, um, and I think they challenged the Astros a lot in the AL West. I do think the Astros come out of, of the of the challenge, um, just because they're they're they've so much talent, right? They're so deep. Yeah. Even if they get some some injuries, they can kind of you know you talked about Altuve, they can kind of weather that storm. Um, so I think the Mariners are going to come. I also don't think the Angels are going to be that bad. Like I feel like every single year you look at their roster and you're like that should be a really good team. Like how are they not that good? <laughs> I think this is finally the year where Mike Trout makes a run at the playoffs. I think they're the mm -hmm. first team out. I don't think they quite catch the Red Sox, but I think 
Shohei Itani, Mike Trout, they get Rendon back, which I think is yeah, really that's underrated. Be a huge addition yeah. for them. Yep. I think that's really underrated. Um, so I think the Angels will be challengers, but I don't think they'll get there. And then Trippin's Rangers, I don't know what to expect from them. Like they could be a hundred losses. They could be in the playoffs. Like I have no clue. They added so many pieces. I don't, I don't know what the hell's happening in Texas. Uh, we'll have to have uh have trip and break those guys down. But um, so, yeah, so we have the exact same team, Blue Jays, Guardians, Astros. Uh, Alec copied off my test, even though he went first. I'm going to claim all of those teams. Uh, However, I, I will say, because it is the whole you can copy my homework, just make it a little different. I have the Angels mm-hmm. getting the final wild card spot as opposed to Boston. So okay. we, we at least have the one pick that's different. So when the teacher says, did Thank you guys God. copy off each other? I can at least be like, no. Um, see, here's the one pick that's different, even though that's the final question on the exam, at least right. something is different. That That's the one where you take the kid that has a hundred percent. You're like, I'm fine with a 96. I'll just take that so that he, <laughs> so that we know we didn't cheat. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you have the angels. I have the red Sox. You have the Mariners and Yankees as well. I'm assuming. And then mm-hmm. the yes, card. I do. Cool. In that order or what, what's the order? <sighs> I, I think the Mariners are at one and then I think it kind of depends on it, it really depends on Aaron Judge if the Yankees get either that second or third spot. So I'm kind of I, I think the Yankees and Angels are be at, at similar spots at the end of the season. Um, I think there's only going to be a, a one or two game difference kind of there. It's, it depends on on Aaron Judge and kind of what he does. Um, I agree. I think there's going to be some major regression this year. Um, obviously, breaking the AL record does not happen every single year. No. Um, I, I think he's probably going to be closer to 40, maybe even 38, 39 home runs this year. Um, so it's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with him. But yeah, it, it felt like at times that when he was you know, doing what he was doing, the Yankees were doing well. And when he was cold, the Yankees just could not put anything together. So um, now that they don't have the same rotation and pitching as last year after going out and signing these new guys, it's going to be very interesting to see you know what happens with the Yankees. Name one of the American League teams that you had in the playoffs that you would not be surprised if they did not make the playoffs. I, I mean, I feel like the Angels is kind of the easy pick because I had them as my third wild card there pick. Um, man, that's I, I want to say the Mariners just because I know last year they snuck in and because of how many like because the Angels could take their spot, the Red Sox could take their spot, the Tampa Bay Rays, who we haven't talked about, could take their spot. Um, so that that that's not a disrespect on the Mariners. I think the Mariners will make the playoffs, but if I had to pick yeah. one of those teams that doesn't do it, that is somewhat of a little bit more of a surprise. I would say them just because I think they have the higher of the expectations, but also I think the gap between them and the Angels and the Rays and the Red Sox isn't as large as what the Yankees would be. So uh, again, you you nailed it, right? The last team in the wild card is the easy answer. So the Red Sox would be the easy answer. I actually think the most volatile team that could miss is actually the Blue Jays. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we see like, you know, the Yankees or Red Sox winning the division and the Blue Jays just kind of coming in around 500 and, and obviously being close, but not quite over the line. Just because I I can all, I, I don't think they have a ton of depth, right? They have a great front line. But they don't it, like if they sustain a few injuries, it could fall apart, right? They it's yeah. not like they have a ton of guys, so um, we could just see the the I, I I I could actually see the Blue Jays missing the playoffs, which is weird for me to say based on everything else. But um, okay, so that's the AL. Let's move to the NL. Start in the East. Tell me why the Braves are going to be the uh, champs of the East. 
Yeah, so you you are going to hate me on this. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. I'm going to say the Braves finish with the third wild card spot. Okay, where's the um, mute however, button? Mute. However, and this is where it's big. So I have them and the Phillies making the wild card. I have the Mets winning the division, but I think all three of those teams are going to be incredibly close where you could yes. flip-flop any of those. It's kind of like, um, when was it? When the Dodgers, not the Dodgers, when the Giants were really good back in what was that 2021 or 2020 I want to say and like they only won two more games than the Dodgers but like they still had so to play each other in the first round yeah like it's it's just yeah. kind of one of those situations that only one team can win the division and the other two unfortunately have to play in the wild card game but you're still looking at those teams and you you fully trust them um I mean back in in 2015 the Cubs Cardinals and Pirates back yeah the I was Pirates gonna say were there was a central relevant. yeah it was I think all three teams had 90 plus wins and yeah um, it's just, I, I think it's going to be one of those situations. So honestly, you could flip a coin and I mean, granted coins only have two sides, but how you roll a dice, whatever you want to, whatever analogy you want to use, um, you flip and a if, coin if, we, if it lands directly on its side, it's the mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in which case then, uh, then Steve Cohn would be having a, an absolute party, but yeah, I mean, we, we could get to October. You could tell me any one of those three teams won the, the, uh, NL East and I'd, I'd completely believe you and. That would kind of be that'd be the end of it, but uh, it, it just kind of depends on on you know injuries, health, and and all that other fun yeah. stuff that that happens in baseball all the time. Right. Yeah, I mean, I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. Um, obviously, I'm going to pick the Braves to win the NL East because they're the you best team. To. Like, why wouldn't you pick them? <laughs> um, Acuna is going to take a step forward because he's not going to be hurt. Uh, he's going to carry the team with an MVP type performance. Austin Riley's MVP level. Um, I think they actually upgraded a catcher, which is hard to believe with the two headed monster they had last year. Like they're, they're actually a little bit better behind the dish. Now, uh, the rotation's fine. It's deep. Like Ian Anderson is in freaking triple a, the dude was like the MVP of the world series and he can't even make the opening day roster. Cause they have so many pitchers. I mean, I, I just, I don't see maybe the bullpen is a, is a little bit of a concern, but if they if this really ends up being a concern, they're just gonna go trade for somebody. So like, right. I don't I don't think it's I don't I don't think the Braves have have uh, have any issues. That being said, the Mets and Phillies don't really have any issues either. So you know it's it's fine. The Mets and Phillies are gonna spend all their money and still lose to the Braves, who are spending money a little bit more wisely and just more long termy. Um, but I have the Mets as my top wild card team, and I actually have the Phillies as my third wild card team. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see in yeah. a second. And also, like, I, I think you could flip flop any of those three, and it's yeah, yeah, hundred percent agreed. And uh, Central, who you got? I, I think the St. Louis Cardinals run away with it. Um, the Brewers are not good. I it, it pains me to say, but I I think the Cubs finish around five hundred if we're lucky. Our bullpen is Ooh. atrocious. Um, the Pirates are the Pirates. The Reds are the Reds. So it's really a, a two headed race between uh you know the Cardinals and the Brewers, but. I mean, St. St. Louis has been there. Um, Goldschmidt was incredible in the World Baseball Classic. Um, Arenado the same way. I mean, they're Wainwright's injured right now, but he's gonna come back. So, I mean, that that rotation's still solid. Um, it, it top the bottom. Actually better. Mars, it's better. Yeah, this year. which is yeah. They gotta go wild a bunch of guys to say that. From injury. Um, yeah, I mean, adding Jordan Montgomery late last year at the deadline was a was a very underrated move. Um, Steven Matz kind of filling in as that that fifth starter, depending on him or Woodford, whoever moves to the pen when Wainwright comes back. 
Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think it's the Cardinals very easily. I think they wrap that up halfway through September and can kind of rest some guys. And at that point you're just playing for seeding. So, um, I, I think it's the Cardinals and it's not going to be close, which absolutely kills me to say, um, being rivals with the Cubs and especially with how Wilson Contreras handled leaving the Cubs and going to our biggest rival that, uh, just doesn't sit well with me. So he just wants to um, win, man. I, I, I get it, but it's just, uh, you just, you don't do that. Yeah, I I could see that. Like it's it's like Johnny Damon back in the day switching to the Yankees, yeah. the Red Sox. It's like, dude, do you just want to be hated by everybody? Like what? Right. What's like Contreras could have gone anywhere. Like I had yeah. no hard feelings with him. Same with Baez, Rizzo, Brian, all those guys. It's go do your thing. I don't care where, as long as it's not St. Louis. And Except Contreras was the only one that said, "Forget it. I'm going to go to St. Louis." So yeah, um, it's that, yeah. it's going to be a very interesting uh reaction and ovation when he when the cardinals visit chicago for the first time this year ovation that's an interesting word to use it, it, he's he's gonna get we'll some see. applause i think there's also gonna be a lot of booze because yeah it's just it's that didn't that didn't go over well with a lot of cubs fans so the nl central the pirates will not be winning it i can guarantee you that the pirates suck they will be very very bad but i wanted to make you think i was going to pick the pirates because we were we live in pittsburgh <laughs> and that's that's what we do. But we get to watch a bunch of other good teams come and play at PNC Park, which is lovely to do. There's just only ever one good team at PNC Park, if there is one good team. Sometimes <laughs> they play the Reds and there's just zero good teams. Um, sometimes they play the Pitt University Panthers and there's still just zero good teams. You're going for beer um, and permanis and that's kind of yeah. It. Yep, you're going to to hang out on the slip and slide in center field. Um, I don't know if there's a slip and slide in center field. I, I haven't actually haven't actually been out there. There is a good barbecue place out in center field, though. I've had like the That's barbecue nachos. Too, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, they 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 smack like they're real nice. Um, cool. So the Pirates, they stink. They might lose 100 games, uh, and they also might trade half their team as well before they do that. Cardinals, Brewers, I agree with you. It's kind of a two-horse race. I don't think it's a very fast race. I don't think it's a very um, pretty race. But I think the Cardinals are going to grit it out by like five to six games. I don't think it's going to be like super close at the end. Um, but I also don't think they win it by like 20 games. I, I could also just see the Brewers just not being good at all. And they're just being no challenge to the Cardinals. Because I think the Cardinals are going to have like 85 to 87 wins somewhere in that neighborhood. So like if everybody else finishes with like 70, then they're just going to run away with it. But that's the only way I think they really run away with it. Um, You mentioned um, winning MVP, Paul Goldschmidt, who was obviously the heart of the team. Uh, Nolan Arenado coming in, Wilson Contreras coming in, like they've got a good lineup. And, and like we said, with the pitching staff, they've got a lot of guys who are back but who are very injury prone. So mm-hmm. let's see how healthy they stay before we call this thing for the central. Um, in my opinion, if they can get those guys to all stay healthy, I think they're going to run away with it, but yeah. um, I just don't, I don't think that that's realistic. Um, Cubs, you said 500. I think that's optimistic. I'd be, I'd be content with 500. I, like I would have no problems. Like I, yeah. I, I love the, the additions of Bellinger, Hosmer, um, Trey Mancini. Like they made good moves this off season. Obviously Dansby Swanson. I tried not to bring it up. I'm sorry, but that's just, that's a big sign. Yeah. It's me and Trippin's um, favorite player. He's gone to the dark side. It's to fine. the dark side. Ooh, interesting. It's fine. Um, we, we, we don't care. We've got Orlando Arcia. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and Von Grissom still doing him. his thing. Bongers uh, yeah, in triple A, bro. Can't even get up. He didn't make the opening he didn't day make roster. The team. No, Orlando RC is the starting shortstop. It's wow. terrible. Who's at second then? Ozzy Albies. Uh, I completely. Yeah. 
As someone who owns he was hurt all year last card, year. I should know that he's going to be their starting second baseman. Yeah, but, but he was hurt all last year. Yeah, hand up. That's on me. Um, that's that's the second time this episode that I have I have said something that you instantly corrected me on. So this is um, the big leagues. We don't make mistakes still, up it's here. Still, in it's technically it's still spring training. So um, like we're we're just we're getting for, all the kings out for the like another out. twelve hours. Yeah, but uh, when, when this drops, it'll officially be opening day. But at this very moment, we are technically still in spring training, and I am off the hook. So we'll give him a break. We're good to we'll go. give him a break for this one, but we expect we expect That's only strike two. Level, also, ace, yeah. that is true. It's only strike two. You're right. Um, got to choke that, up a little bit and protect it. <laughs> yeah, got to got to protect the strike zone. Now, no more bold opinions. Just easy <laughs> softballs down the middle, hitting them out. Uh, NL last, Dodgers Padres. It's two horse race, right? Who's mm-hmm. going to come out on top? I, I got the Padres, but kind of same thing with the NL East. I think it's going to be them and the Dodgers within a game or two. It's just going to it's going to come down to that final, you know, that last week of the season, maybe even that final series of the season to determine who does it. Um, it's they play the last either week? of those two teams. No, I just I mean in general, oh. like that last series. That would be cool of, if they did. Yeah, that that's what happened with the uh, the Braves and Mets last year, wasn't it? Or yeah. was that the second to last one? It was the second to last season and it's series, and we swept them, and that's why we won the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think something similar like that. But yeah, either of those two teams, you can't really go wrong with picking. Um, I just I think bringing in Xander Bogarts again, um, you know, even with Not the fair. success that they had last year with without Tatis, and obviously with Tatis missing almost half the season this year. Um, adding him back into what is an already loaded lineup, I think just slightly pushes the Padres over the top. But um, it, again, if if we flash forward to October and it's you're looking at 98 wins versus 97 wins, it's that's just kind of that's how that works when you have two of the best teams in baseball who just happen to play in, in the same division. Imagine having Blake Snell on the mound and your your four in your lineup are Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto. That's absurd. Yeah, that's an absurd lineup. Like, how are you supposed to pitch through that? <laughs> and you gotta you gotta face like good pitching too as well. Like it just it's kind of wild. All that being said, I'm picking the Dodgers. <laughs> so we the Dodgers are the Dodgers are the Dodgers, and they always, always, always um are going to win the NL. That's just how that's just how it works. Um I do think the Padres are going to be an interesting team, which we'll talk about here in a second. But I think missing Tatis for a long time hurts them, obviously. So, um, yeah, I think I think I'll save, I'll, I'll bury the lead a little bit and save my my analysis on that uh, for the playoff section. But um, yeah, I think the Dodgers are going to end up winning uh, the NL West. I could see the Giants being okay, but the other two teams are not okay and will struggle mightily. Maybe the Diamondbacks could be okay potentially, um, but. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see how things play out. Um, NL wild card. I have the Mets, the Padres, and the Phillies, which should surprise absolutely zero people. Yeah, I'm assuming you have the same teams other than the it's it's Dodgers. the same thing. But I have Dodgers, Phillies, Braves. So just you have them winning the division. Yep. I have them finishing in a close second. It's it's the same thing. I think those are the, I guess if you want to call it the five favorites to to kind of do it, depending on yeah. who wins the division. I think those are just kind of. When, when you look in the National League, I think those are the five best teams in the National League as a whole. So kind yeah. of who wins the division, who's in the wild card, I think kind of just depends on on how they all play out. But 100%. Uh, yeah, it's same. Uh, same question with the NL. Which of those teams misses the playoffs that doesn't surprise you? That surprises or me the would most. Be the, um, would be the least surprising if they miss the playoffs. 
this is going to be very weird to say because I have them winning the division, but I'm going to go to San Diego Padres. Um, mm. I, I think now that I, I kind of look at it, Tatis only misses the first 20 games of the season. He's back in late April. So 20 games. Oh, wow. Their, I thought it their was playoff run, their playoff run last year ate into a lot of those additional uh, games. So that helped true. a lot. So he's only got another 20. Um, so he, he's back in late April. So um, yeah, it's, I, I think that's one of the teams that if you told me it doesn't work out when he comes back and doesn't fit into that lineup, that can absolutely tank a season. Um, especially with how good that division is and how good the NL East is. You have one bad month and you're on the outside looking in the rest of the season. So um, that that first month he comes back is going to be very important kind of for how their season plays out. Um, I still think they could win the division and I I trust them to win the division. But at the same time, if you told me they missed the playoffs, it's the first thing I'm going to look at is what happened when Tatis came back. And if you have a very bad month of April, or I guess bad month of May, he comes back late April, um, you have a very bad month of May. You're you're kind of in trouble the rest of the year. So I am going to shock and awe everybody on the planet. And my answer is going to be the Braves. Because if something happens, if something happens, <laughs> um, there's three great teams in that division, right? So you're you're talking about at the very best, you're like the third wild card. Like it only takes one team to have a run. Like whether that's the Brewers or the Diamondbacks or the Giants, I don't know. I don't think any of those teams realistically makes a run. But just for fun, one of those teams ends up winning 90 games somehow. I could see the Braves, because they have to play the Mets and Phillies so much, ending up with like 89 wins. Um, I think – so realistically, it's it's any of the three teams in the NL East because they all play each other so much. They can beat up on mm-hmm. each other. And I think the Braves are the most likely to have something happen just because they have pitching that is consistently hurt, although they have a ton of it because it's consistently hurt. So like everybody has game experience, basically. Um, I don't love their bullpen yet. So we could see how I could see how that might collapse potentially. Um, And then you're also, you lose, you lose Dansby Swanson and you replace him with Orlando Arcia. That's a big step backwards. You get one or two injuries to like Acuna Albies, like these guys that have had injuries in the past. All of a sudden, you're looking at you know a month of July or June or whatever it is where you lose, you go below 500, and then you're just kind of out of it. So I'm actually going to say the Braves is my team that would least surprise me if they missed the playoffs. Um, that being said, they're still the greatest team on the planet. So who would have thought Japan the two teams that would, team? Yeah, the, the two teams that we thought would be most or least surprised if they missed the playoffs or both the teams that we picked to win the division. So kind of, yeah. kind of funny looking back on that, but yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head. The, the NL East is three unreal teams. And then obviously in the West, you have two more. So um, it's just, it takes a run from the Brewers or um, I mean, really anyone else in the NL Brewers, to just kind of come out of nowhere, sneak one like in. The only yeah, teams I, mean, I could the, think of. The Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks are going to be, I think still kind of bad this year, but when you have right. Zach Allen, um, Merrill Kelly's pretty solid. Like they have some guys, Corbin Carroll could potentially win um, rookie of the year as well. Like the pieces are there. So you just, you get hot at the right time and you sneak in and um, it's, it definitely could happen. Yeah. So let's talk. Uh, so we've, we've got all the teams in the NL and AL. Um, give me your, uh, give me your AL winner. Give me your NL winner. What's the world yeah, series so, matchup. So in the AL, I have the Astros over the blue Jays. And then okay. in the NL, I have the Padres over the Dodgers. So once again, I am contradicting myself. Again, it's just 
Welcome to baseball and welcome to the NL West. Is this a um, third strike? No, it can't be. That can't be because I, okay. I can still I can still you defend this. So. I think if they make the playoffs, I think it is because their pitching has held up. It is because they have stayed healthy and because yeah. Tatis clicks immediately back into that lineup with Sander Bogarts. Um, that's a lot of ifs, but I think, again, if all of that happens, I think the Padres are a very dangerous team, and especially now that Juan Soto has half a season under his belt in San Diego, he doesn't have to worry about um, is he being traded, when's he being traded, where is he going? He can just focus on baseball now, which it's tremendous for baseball is very mental. And so Mm -hmm. not having to worry about a ton of outside factors, I think is going to be huge for a player that still had an incredible year last year and now can just continue to build on that. And now he also has Xander Bogarts added into that lineup. So, um, yeah, I I have the the Padres over the Dodgers. Yeah, exactly. As if there wasn't enough protection, now he he gets another one. Um, And then in the World Series, I have the defending champs defending again. I have the Astros over the Padres. Um, I hate to say it. I hate the Astros. But again, adding Jose Abreu to that lineup is going to do wonders for what is already an incredible lineup. Um, And then even with losing Altuve for a couple months with, uh, with a broken hand, I think he comes back and fits right in. Um, so I you don't I, think I at some point Verlander like actually starts being a human being and starts aging. Like, I mean, he's in Jamie Moyer territory right now. Yeah, I, I think November 2nd or whenever the, the day after the World <laughs> Series is when he's going to wake up and say, he holy shit, aging. my cannot feel my arm anymore. But now I've won back to back World Series. So um, yeah. I, I think that day comes the day after the World Series, whether it's November 1st, November 2nd, Halloween, you name the date. I think that's kind of when he when he decides to hang it up. So I told you the Blue Jays were the most likely team to miss the playoffs, but they're the team I have winning the pennant. See, there have, we go. Look at that. You you can't you know, call a strike for me if you're going to turn around and do the same thing. I did the exact. I same mean, thing. we we are absolutely off the rails on these predictions here. This so no, none of this makes no any sense. No. No, we look back at the end of the season and are like, what the heck were we thinking? But then um, we're going to no, clip so, the part where we nail it on the head exactly oh, and don't yeah. play anything else, and we're going to look so oh, smart. That's what I do. Yeah, that's the game. <laughs> that's the whole game right there. Um, You hit 314, and you only show the ones where you get hits, you know? Um, No, so I, I have the Blue Jays as my most likely team to get out. However, I also have them as my highest potential, like highest ceiling. Like things go right. They're the team that it is just no one else is going to be. So I have them winning the AL East. Um, on the NL side, I have the Padres winning the NL uh, for the same reason. They have the highest ceiling, right? If all those guys are in the lineup and even like two or three of them are hot, just forget about it. You're never, ever getting through a game with less than four or five runs. And they'll have enough pitching to to kind of hold it, hold the fort down. Um, so I actually have the Padres coming out of the wild card to win the World Series. I have them over the yeah. Blue Jays, um, which I I think actually is fairly likely. Like if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say a wild card team is going to win the World Series. It's like seventy percent because yeah, just like because the, of the doubt the you teams have, especially to get buys, yeah, yeah. You, so you're getting two teams that get buys in each side. So you get four of the 10 teams that get buys. The other six are all going to not have buys. So I'd like my six, my six over my four, basically. Mm-hmm. So I guess it should be 60%, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a thing. I, I think a wild card team's winning the world series. That's my, that's my prediction. Um, all right. Before we wrap things up, before we go somewhere, give me a bold 
prediction about anything. You take this wherever you want. Ooh, anything. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I kind of hinted at it a little bit earlier. I think Aaron Judge has some major regression. Um, I I don't think he hits more than 40 home runs this year. Um, mm. whether that means 38, 39, whether that means 40 on the dot, I, I think there is some major regression. Um, because we saw kind of at the end of, end of last year when he, when he wasn't hot, he just, he couldn't, I, I don't want to say that he couldn't do anything because he's still Aaron judge and is an incredible ball player. Um, I, I just, I think pressure. there's some serious regression on something that we have not talked about yet though. And this is kind of more of a very likely thing, but also kind of for both to happen. I think Shohei Otani wins AL MVP and wins AL Cy Young, um, which mm. would just be incredible. Um, and obviously not just because he's just a pitcher, which it's very possible that someone could win both as just a pitcher. He's doing this as a hitter and as a pitcher. And um, he won MVP, the Silver Slugger, and Cy Young. Like just I, sweep I think we'll, the podium. Yeah, I think we could go for, go with that. Um, yeah. I'll I'll give him the silver slugger in there too. To really make it a bold prediction, I will say he cleans up yeah. hardware in the AL for his position. Um, I'm not going to give him the gold glove at pitcher just because I I don't know he doesn't his, need it. Right, I don't know what his true defensive his defensive yeah. skills are. I'm sure there's someone out there that's that's you know a better defender, but Greg um, I will give him the the silver slugger MVP and Cy Young to Shohei Otani. So just to your point, 2021, Aaron Judge hit 39 home runs. So, uh, yeah, I could see him going below 40. He missed like 10 games that year. So, yeah, uh, yeah, 40 home runs, absolutely possible for Aaron Judge. He had a ridiculous season. Do not expect him to hit 60 home runs again. You just you're going to disappoint yourself if you do that. My bold prediction um so I, I'm thinking in terms of so rare, right? Because obviously that's that's the game we're playing. I'm thinking Trey Turner is going to have the most points this season in the regular season of anybody. He gets added into a Phillies lineup, which is absurd. And I get that the Dodgers lineup was absurd as well. But like, I mean, the Phillies lineup is also absurd. So like, it's not like a step up. It's not a step back, which is great, right? Um, you get the stolen base boost right he's gonna be one of the people that benefits the most from the stolen base boom that we are probably about to see um with only being able to throw over twice it makes it very hard to just keep checking on people um so i think he's gonna have a lot more stolen bases this year and the dude has some power like he hit 20 something home runs last year he hit almost 300 last year he does everything well um, so I actually think that Trey Turner is going to be the quote unquote so rare MVP score the most points this year outside of maybe Shohei Otani because I don't know how the pitcher points work. I didn't think about that, but like, I don't think that's for, for normal position for Shohei. Yeah. That yeah, you have to come up when you play players. him in a regular lineup, he's either a hitter or a pitcher. Pick. So yeah. Yeah. So for the normal people, for the humans out there, um, we'll go Trey Turner. Um, any other, any other topics, any other thing you want to bring up here? Um, no, not really. I'm just, I'm excited for the season. Um, you know, it's, it's great to see, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to to coming back on the podcast, you know, what, what sounds like we'll be a little more full time. So if you're tired of listening to me on the basketball side, I'm not apologizing to just deal with it sucks to suck. Um, please keep listening though. I, I would say too bad. Just don't listen, but please continue to listen to the show. Um, that's yeah, directed that's... at you, Jorge. <laughs> Um, it's not, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that baseball's back. I'm a, I'm a big baseball fan. You know, I'm, I'm excited for year two and so rare to, to, you know, now that I kind of have 
you know, I half a year, but really we'll just, we'll call it a full year under my belt. Um, when you add in that and basketball, just kind of understanding, you know, how it works and, um, you know, going with the upside picks, which we kind of did for, you know, for the blue Jays and the Padres, you know, you, you know, really starting to kind of look at the upside for guys, which, um, you know, was my, my biggest struggle when I first started, I was looking at guys. I'm like, this guy's going to be solid. He's going to get me, you know, five points a game. He plays three games. Yeah. The floor is high, but you know, he doesn't have that big of a ceiling when, in yeah. reality, you're looking for the guy that's either scoring two or he's scoring 30. And those 30s add up over over the course of a game week in a season. And um, you know, just kind of continuing to grow as a as a so rare player. And uh, you know, unfortunately, I will not be growing on the common side anymore. Um, I'll still be playing the the common yeah. draft. Um, but uh it's 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 disappointing to not be able to do that anymore. Um, especially as someone that had Otani and Strider that was just gonna be electric this year. Um, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm excited for baseball. It's, it's back. It's in the air and uh, let's do it. Let's do it. We'll see you next week after we have some games. Whoosh. <laughs>